Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Just got to take this shrimp out onto the barbie, crack open a cold one, and we'll call it a day. What, 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 what? Oh, what, what is this? Robot, assimilate. A uh, uh, bloody transformer-looking, biotical-looking, cyborg, Star Wars-looking <laughs> thing just popped up next to me. <laughs> We have come from the future to destroy the past, and we chose Australia. You will be assimilated. I mean exterminated. I mean, uh, we're not Doctor Who villains. Seems like a bloody poor choice at the moment, mate. We've already got dictators here in Australia. Have you seen the local government? Oh, that sounds too political for me to comment on. (laughs) That sounds bloody right. That's what I thought. I am sensing that your toxicity levels are quite high. Are you drunk? Of course I am, mate. It's 5pm. Time to crack open a cold one. Wait, is every single person in this country currently intoxicated by the, let me see, Victoria Bitters? (laughs) By the sounds of it, there's one person that ain't. Come on. It's 5pm, let's go. Let's party. Oh, oh, that was a that was a sudden bloody change of heart. You just went from cold calculating robot to let's party. Wow. I mean, when a robot comes down under, the down under also becomes the robot. I don't know. Oh, that sounds that sounds like a bad like sitcom movie ending. Yeah. <laughs> Where the bad guy learns to party out. Welcome to Oldie But a Goodie. If you were like, whoa. <laughs> I don't think anybody was like, whoa. <laughs> if you if you love Australian movies, then oh, oh just just oh, just this is hell. this is the episode for you. Because it's well known in Australia. But we don't do movies with a budget. Struth. We don't do movies with special effects. No. We just don't touch them, mate. We do dramas about a cab driver or whatever. We got home and away, and that's about it. (laughs) That's about it. But in the 80s, Australia definitely, certainly made a movie called The Time Guardian, and we watched it. Now we're going to talk about it. Mm. An oldie but a goodie. We watch movies from 1987 in the order they came out in. My name is Sandro and uh, my co-host is Zach. And it is a big week on the show this week because we are reviewing an Australian sci-fi that for some reason stars Carrie Fisher. But we're also revealing what we're doing next year on the show at the very end of the episode. 
what at the end? But I want to learn now, Sandra. I know, but I don't make the rules. It's at the very end. I guess you can just skip forward to the end of the episode if you want. <laughs> Hear it that way. No, don't say they can skip it. You can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. You have to listen to the whole episode first. You're not allowed. Don't skip. True, true. Don't skip. Listen to the review of the Time Guardian. Speaking of which, first opinions, what did you think? Well, here's the thing. I feel like Australia was just... At this point, was just another country. Like, this is trying to appeal to the American audience by saying, hey, look, strange things are going on in this other country that you're not living in sort of thing. Hey, look, we can rip off the Terminator as well. Uh, well, I wasn't going to mention that yet, but yes, just entirely rip off the Terminator. That works too. Uh, it wasn't the worst movie. We'll get into uh, how hard it was for them to make this movie, and I think that makes the film more interesting. Oh, okay. Knowing the the trials and tribulations, the yeah. uh, the almost uh, uh, a cautionary tale uh, that comes with this film. Uh, but the movie itself was fine. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there. I I thought it was okay, and it wasn't very long. No, it was it was, it was a nice short movie. So it didn't overstay its welcome, and it did everything it wanted to do. Wasn't too invested in the main characters. Is it because the main character was unlikable from the get-go, and then all of a sudden became the hero? Yes. He yeah. starts off as a big asshole. I wish they would have kept his, like, asshole streak, you know? Something something like that. It was like, he did a he did a switch. And of course, the reason why people remember this movie probably is because of the uh, iconic robots mm. that are definitely not toys. Yes. The actual people in suits and they look like the Cybermen. Alternatively, uh, the bad guy from Bionicles, specifically Tridax um, from the uh, Makuta clan of uh, Bionicles. If you're not familiar with the, the, the with the Bionicles, it was a Lego brand in the early 2000s that we were both really into. I found that even nowadays, people are editing and, and loving Bionicles because really? I found a picture of one of the bad guys edited with the Infinity Gauntlet, which must have been it was post-Infinity yeah. War that someone edited that. Post-2000, the year that film came out? Was it 18? Yeah, yeah. They look like Bionicles and or Darth Vader ripoffs. Yeah. And or space dwarfs. Because that's their sort of lore, isn't it? That they're like mole people. They're like miners, robot miners that uprose and killed all the humans or something. But they're, but they're also human, right? Technically, they're still human. Yeah, they're, they're like cyborgs. They're like the Cybermen in that there's a kind of decomposing head inside the robots. That just brings up a point I'm going to mention later on where one of the guys goes, we're the last hope for humanity. And I'm like, well, actually, technically, the mole people are still human. Yeah, they are still people. Yeah, yeah. If they win, humanity's still going to exist. <laughs> This was, like, it's great watching this because a lot of the time, you know, bad Australian movies are just kind of boring nowadays. It's good to watch mm. something like this and go, wow, Australians can make awful B-movies as well. Just mm. make really, really bad rip-offs. This was an action-packed <laughs> bad movie. An action-packed train wreck. 
<laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I wouldn't say it's a train wreck. It's just uh, a train limping along. <laughs> a limping train. A limping train, which was impressive, seeing as I don't know how a train limps. No, I'm not but sure this how one they did. pulled it off. It was, yeah, ahead of its time. <laughs> Elaborate. No, I won't. I won't elaborate. (laughs) Oh, oh, I see. Before we get into the incredibly troubled production, first of all, you did pick it. You did pick the film. I did. I did. Oh, yeah. What was my other option? You had so many. You had a Cobra Verde, a Werner Herzog movie about the life of a fictional Mm. slave trader. Yep. Deadly Prey, a mercenary is forced to be used as target practice for an evil colonel. That sounded pretty fun. Death Row Game Show, condemned prisoners are given an opportunity to be granted reduced sentences by participating in a television game show. Mm. Why not just get rid of their sentences? Why do they have to be reduced? Because they're going to go back to prison after winning the game show. Yeah, I think that's the idea. They want them to come back on the game show multiple times. Well, then whoever wrote that thing, the, uh, write a better thing. <laughs> <laughs> write a better thing. That just sounds like Squid Game, but in the 80s, which is probably terrible. Yeah, I'm, or The Running Man, which we already did. We already did that. So I wanted to skip that one because we already did that sort of concept. Housekeeping, comedy about two sisters who go to live with their off-the-wall aunt. She's off the wall. She's off the wall. She's Mm. bouncing off the walls. Uh, Directed by the guy that did Comfort and Joy, which was a good movie. Mm. Uh, The Trouble with Spies, parody of spy movies. Donald Sutherland is sent to an island unaware that he's there to draw out Soviet spies. Oh, yeah, that was the other one I was considering doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I chose this one in the end, but uh, I was very much... Very tempted to do that one. And there was also Walker satire that's based off a lawyer called William Walker. He invades a country and makes himself president. Ah, uh, yes. That's based on a real life story. It is. I think you mentioned last it week. It is, it is. Uh, looked interesting. Looked interesting. It starred the guy from Westworld. Ah. Let's talk about the Time Guardian's awful production. This was released mm. December 3rd. It's directed by Brian Hannett who was a co-writer on Mad Max 2. Okay. He's directed a bunch of other Aussie dramas as well. So he co-wrote it with this guy called John Baxter, uh, who has since moved to Paris, but he's also born and bred here in Straya. Nice. Uh, He's written a few sci-fi novels, some biographies. Uh, This is his only film credit, though. Ah. Reason being that the production was a nightmare. Oh boy, please do tell. According to John Baxter, they had a lot of big ideas uh, and they wanted funding, so they went to American production companies to get some of the the money as well as a bunch of like Australian mm. grants and stuff. There was one production company put up a lot of the money, uh, but they also behind the director and writer's backs, they got their American writers to rewrite the script. Wow. That's, that's real dog. So they did that. I think they incorporated some of the changes, but they got that rewritten script, like, just before they started shooting. So I'm not entirely sure how much they included, but but that was something that the production companies wanted them to do. Uh, John Baxter left the film at some point. I think he left the film after, like, a couple days of shooting or something. He left pretty early on, Mm. and then the director left uh, after the initial shoot, uh, which means all reshoots were done by the editor. Wow. 
Wow. They were all kind of kicked off. Uh, the original concept is apparently very different to the film that we ended up getting. Uh, this is the original concept. Uh, the script was originally called Time Rider. Okay. Which is not as good a name. Uh, it's about a geologist who is investigating magnetic anomalies in South Australia. Uh, she encounters a man from the future who is a scout sent back in time to find a home for his people pursued by the Jandiki tribe, which is pretty similar yes. to what we ended up getting, but it was originally going to be more satirical, uh, kind of about like mining conglomerates and pollution and politics and stuff, and not an action film at all. Yeah, I see. I like, I like that a bit more. I definitely felt some of the weaker scenes was back on the the sci-fi oh, home. Yeah. Because, like, there was that whole thing where she was a geologist at the start and that never came back for anything. really important. She looked at a cave painting and was like, ooh, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was the, the, the bit that came back. But obviously it would be more important mm. in, in the old script sort of thing. Man, that's really disappointing. I would have liked to see that sort of movie. It's uh, it's not great. Unfortunately, the Australian film industry kind of forces people to go to make deals like this, and then everything that can go wrong does go wrong. Yeah, uh, you deal with the devil, and then the devil stabs you in the back. But for the cast, we've got the main character, whose name is Ballard. Mm. The bad guys refer to him as the Time Guardian, even though that's not set up really, but okay. Well, they also call him Ballard, which I was interested because did they know his name? Did someone tell them? Did he tell them? Yeah, who told them? Why does he? Why does the bad guy know his why name? Does why bad... does he address him personally? Is he famous? He does say at one point, like, he asks someone their name and then he goes, well, you obviously know my name or something like that. Maybe, so maybe he's famous. Okay. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, he's played by Tom Burlington, who was, of course, in an Australian soap opera for a while. That kind of yeah, comes with being course. an actor here. But he also showed up in The Man from Snowy River as Jim Craig. <laughs> the most Australian movie you can ever watch. Jim Craig. Jim Craig. I wonder if that movie holds up. Probably not at no. all. I can immediately tell you by that name it doesn't hold up. The man from Snowy River. Oh yeah, he was the main character. He was the main character in uh in in that film series. Look, it's fine. It's about riding horses and falling in love and probably other things that I've forgotten. God, it's been over a decade since I saw it. I'd rather watch the Bionicle movies. So anyway, that is the actor for Ballard. For Annie, the geologist is Nikki Coghill. Uh, she was in Dark Age. Oh. That other Australian film we did this year. Uh, she gets slightly more of a character here because she's not just this one note. Yeah. I'm in love with you, actually. Which was good to see, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, she got more, more of a role than Carrie Fisher, that's for sure. <laughs> yep. The whole thing was she started off as the geologist sort of thing, but then her character just devolves into the love interest because of the meddling script, as I now know. Because that was my one main gripe with her was that she was a geologist at the start and that really never comes Didn't back. Really. 
matter. Except for that one thing where she's like, I saw these cave paintings at one point. Yeah. It all makes sense now. It all makes sense. She's pretty good in this movie, but it is her last movie. After this, she just kind of did TV, uh, which is a shame, but but she's she's good. Playing the boss of the time-traveling city as Dean <gasps> Stockwell. He was Dr. Yui in the David Lynch Dune film. Wow. He was in Paris, Texas. Wow. He was in Beverly Hills Cop 2. Wow! He was adequate in this movie. I kind of... Well, I I hated his character. Yeah, his character is very stupid. At one point, he interrupts the guy of, like, the commander of defense to chastise him about how badly his defense is going while they're being attacked. I feel like stuff like that would have been really funny if it was a satire. If it was kind of doing like a Robocop sort of thing. But instead it's just this mediocre action film with this really bad leader. Yeah, yeah. And the guy's like interrupting the commander of defense and being like, you're doing a terrible job. And it's like, can't this wait till after (laughs) when when you're not being attacked? So he's a pretty big name, but who is an even bigger name is Carrie Fisher, playing Petra. Oh uh, yeah, Carrie Fisher. She's sidelined heavily. Uh, it's very funny to watch. It's a classic example of um, a film studio being like, we want to get a big name, but but we, we can't get the big name for a long time. So we're just going to get the big name and let the big name kind of lounge around and and drink and bask in the hot Australian sun. It starts off, and uh, we'll get to the synopsis in a second, but it starts off and she's entirely in darkness for the first, like, ten minutes, and you're not even sure if it is her. And then there was a moment when I thought they killed her in the first 20 minutes, then she stuck around for a little bit. Yeah, she stuck around injured, but there was no real point to her character. No. If you took... Carrie Fisher out of the movie, the movie would be fine. I mean, we probably wouldn't have watched it. No, no, well, no, no uh, we might still have. Actually, maybe. You know. Australian ripoff of Terminator. That probably would have been enough for us to choose it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I might have, I might have chosen the, um, the spy movie, but yeah. True, true. The problem is, she just doesn't do anything. She's needed apparently to like negotiate with the locals. Because she's an expert on uh, 20th century humans. But that's about all that happens. Because for the rest of the movie, the guy can just talk with the locals. That's fine. Anyway, this movie doesn't have a critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Because it's got no critic reviews at all. Zero. Which is weird. You'd think someone would have been like, let's look at old Carrie Fisher films, you know? Yeah. Especially post-Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, after this, she made The Burbs and When Harry Met Sally. It's this weird, like, middle point. Just after Star Wars, she did this. Yeah. And then good things. It's like, how did they get her in? I mean, she obviously got a lot of money, good on her. But it's like, how do you get this famous actor for their sci-fi role into another sci-fi movie where it's just worse and then have her do nothing... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and you fly her out to australia because she's there on location and you still don't do anything with her yeah maybe she was just on vacation and they started filming that would have been even more likely of a scenario i think yeah but probably. also like why wasn't she the love interest i guess if she was on vacation 
That makes sense. But wouldn't that mean that she'd have to put on an Australian accent and that would be her having to work? Exactly. Which is why the the on vacation theory works a lot better. <laughs> she's just chilling and they're like, please be in our movie. And she's like, sure, give me a million dollars. I'll be in your movie. I want to lay around. I want to be injured and lay around. Yeah. yeah. That's all I want to do in your movie. Good on her, though. And that's absolutely what I would do. If I ever become famous, like, after something, I'll just, I'll do a, a, a Daniel Radcliffe. Just, like, wackiest bullshit movies. Oh, where well, you just play a dead body. And <laughs> people yeah, have to carry play, you around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um, Swiss Army Man. Yeah. What a fantastic movie. It's so good. See, so that's, good. that's the kind of stuff I'd do. So, this movie cost $8 million. That's a lot of dosh. It's quite a bit of money. I mean, they, we did see some some bionicle stormtrooper cyborg Doctor Who aliens. They had at least two of them in any one scene. So uh, at least two costumes. That would have been a pretty penny. A million, obviously, has to go to Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Probably half a million to the guy from Dune. The rest to the studio's buckets. Uh, what do you think this made, though, in the uh, international box office, actually? I've got both Australian and, and America, I think, is where it played. 2.5. 2.5 million? Yeah. Uh, made $650,000. I did not go low enough. Wow. And most of that is from America. In Australia, it made, like, 90,000? Really, really low. No one went out and saw this. All right, there's two taglines. Earth's last hero fights a desperate battle to save the future and the past. Pray he's not late. (laughs) (laughs) That that took me a second to absorb just all of that. That's a long one. Yeah. Bit too long of a tagline, I'll say. Pray he's not late is a very stupid line for a like time it. traveling movie. Very dumb. Um, Makes you immediately question whether or not the time traveler knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. That's the thing. Well, it gives me Doctor Who vibes, you know, because that's the whole True. thing. He always comes at the wrong time, but it's the right time. Yep, because the TARDIS is alive or something. Yes, it's not fully explained and also becomes a woman at some point. I also don't want them to explain it because they tried to in the latest season and it was awful. <laughs> was it? Oh, no. Whenever you explain stuff in sci-fi, it ruins it. They all, yeah, they always love explaining stuff in sci-fi and then it just falls apart so badly. It's so bad. Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down to that long tagline. I've already forgotten the first half of it, so thumbs down. The second tagline is, time is just about the only thing he won't waste. What the, what? Because he's wasting robots with his guns. Oh, thumbs down. (laughs) So bad. Thumbs down. Was that the two taglines? Those are the two taglines. Wow, they were terrible. All right, synopsis time. The movie opens with blue font. Yeah, I also wrote that down. It's the stupid 80s blue font that everyone uses. Mm-hmm. Like, half the movies we watched this year have had this blue font. The blue font is all in caps, it's underlined and overlined. Yep. And it explodes on screen with a bit Classic. Which I didn't mind. And then a voiceover comes on and it's like, The year is 4039. Yeah, yeah. It does a it does a sort of Star Warsy intro, you mm-hmm. could almost say, with text going on the 
screen, and it's uh, at 4039. So, Sandro, I'm just saying, we still have time. So there's a bunch of robot cyborg people who were miners, and then they decided to kill all the people. And so the last remnants of quotation marks humanity had to hide out in their time-travelling civilization where the non-humans, which are still humans, by the way, can't just call them not humans, even if they're, like, awful, cyborg, bionicle, horrible people. It's so weird because, like, like now knowing the original ideas for the film, it's so obvious watching it that it's meant to be some sort of, like, union mm. sort of thing where the miners were sick of their human, like, yeah. overlords, and so they rose up. But then they're kind of portrayed as these evil cyborg things. Yeah, that makes so much more sense. Whereas they, yeah, they start off as like lower class versus upper class. But now it's just divulged into this garbage sci-fi bullshit. Yeah. You see, every time you point out something like that, I'm like, oh, I could have seen what this movie wanted to be. And would have been actually kind of great. It could have been really good. But instead we just got this. The Jendiki, as the cyborgs are called, they look like they're out of Power Rangers. There's something about 80s sci-fis yeah. that as sometimes just reminds me of the old Power Rangers days. Because they look like they're made to sell toys. Yeah. Which I think is, like, what it is. They look like just, like, large yeah. walking toys. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. And look, they, they look fine. I just thought they looked kind of like Bionicles, which was funny. And they then did. I got into Bionicle lore, and it's it's too extensive. I don't want to go into it again. So but... much in there. Um, I'll just say the plot is that this city, these people, have to time travel to get away from the robots in the future. They have to go back in time to... Uh-oh, Terminator plot. Oh, it's, oh. It, it's just Terminator, except instead of a singular naked man, it is the entire city that is travelling back in time. The attack on the time-travelling city as they're getting ready to time-travel, because the cyborgs are like, we must destroy the only opposition or whatever, we're going to attack. They attack the city, and the attack itself, and the lasers that they're firing off, and the protective barrier the city has, it looked okay, actually. Yeah! I was surprised by how okay it looked. Probably where a lot of that... 8 million went. <laughs> True. Was 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 to the effects. Yeah, you've got the, the sort of force field, and then you've got these big laser cannons shooting the force field. You got the, the laser battle, as we had, uh, like, two random... I was going to say soldiers? I guess they're soldiers. Sitting, sitting in the dark, one of them lights a cigarette, and he's like, no lights, no lights. So I just want to point out, in 40,039, they're still smoking cigarettes. They're still smoking cigarettes, yeah. Though maybe they're okay for you now, maybe they've changed. Yeah, look, maybe it's a space cigarette, where it doesn't actually, doesn't actually do anything. Also, that doesn't make any sense, because the robots are meant to be, uh, they're sensitive to light. Yep. Later on in the movie, one of the characters realises that she can use the flash on her camera to kind of stun the cyborgs for a second, and then she can run away. So wouldn't you want to shine light at them? Yes. Oh, absolutely. That was what I was going to point out when we got there, was, wait, she uses the flash on her camera to stun one. How did the future guys not... I don't know, turn on the fucking high beams. Yeah, I know. And it's not like they can't use electricity because it's a time-travelling city. Yeah, 
It uses tons of electricity. Why can't you just divert a bit of that to turn on the light bulbs? So dumb. It's very stupid. So Ballard murders one of these cyborgs and tears out their heart. And he reaches into the, the cyborg's chest and tears out some hard drive. I don't know. Yep. Uh, he goes back into the city. They time travel back. Ballard goes into his quarters after a big battle and he plugs mm. in the robot's heart. And the robot's heart c- contains all the exposition we could possibly need about ah, the movie. excellent. We see a video of the main bad guy, whatever he is, and he goes, we've got to take this city because we want it and we need it to survive. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Why is, so why now, is this on the robot's heart? Well, it's its, it's, it's, it's transmitter. That's what they say. Because Ballard, he goes into a meeting later and it's like, these aren't weird medallions. These are actually transmitters. And everyone in the audience goes, okay. Um, yeah. Now that Ballard has gotten all the exposition he needs from the heart of this robot, uh, the council tell him that he has to go down to the past to make way for the city. Because the city's travelling through time, but the city's quite slow. Yeah. So they send out scouts to remove rubble from where the city's going to land. Yep, makes sense, makes sense. But also, you know, you clear the area. You get rid of the people. You gotta you gotta be like, hey, don't be in this giant flat area we just cleared out uh, on June the 2nd, because otherwise you're gonna get flattened, idiot. Exactly. But exactly. also, in the starting battle, one of the legs of the city is removed. Oh, yeah! Um, <laughs> so there's that whole plot point of, like, we've got to get a digger to make a make a pillar of dirt and stuff so we can hold up the city. Yep. There, there was a whole big fuss about this this leg, but it didn't seem that important, to be honest. But anyway, the film immediately gets better because they send Ballard and, and, and Carrie Fisher back to Australia. Mm, even though we've seen that they don't like each other. They don't, but as soon as they land in Australia, it's almost like they forget about all their problems. Mm, yes, because it's almost like it turns into a different movie. It gets better as soon as they get to mm, Australia. Immediately, yeah. It was really weird, because it flashes up on screen, it's like Australia, 1988. First of all, they're setting it one year in the future as to when the movie was released. Smart idea. Mm. Uh, do you know what? That's the same year that uh, Home and Away came out. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what they brought back. They brought back from the future <laughs> the Home and Away. That's what the... the, the f- that was the gift. <gasps> or maybe that that's what the evil Bionicle people... That's what they invested Australia with. I'm going to tell you what, the Home and Away pilot probably was written by a bunch of robots. But that, <laughs> I mean, uh, Actually, the, the, the first season might have been good. I'm pretty sure it was very good because they made 33 seasons after it, so it was probably pretty good. Anyway, we see the geologist, and she's wearing a, a cowboy hat. And immediately I was like, I'm a fan of this. That's great. She's driving around, and, and she sees this old man on the side of the road, and he's like, my car's broken. And she's like, well, get in the bloody car, you, you stronky. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, let's go. Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, well, well... I don't know if they said that, but something along those lines. Yeah, it's very good. It, we get into that real Australian... We go from super space sci-fi mm. with zero accent to literal rural outback <laughs> Australia 
Australian blokes talking to each other, and there's such a contrast. It yep. was very funny. It's I loved so it. much better. They're driving yep. through this like tiny town called Midas. It's just outside of Adelaide, and the whole like town. It's just filled with sweaty, greasy, sexist Aussie men. Yep. It's pretty spot on. Yeah, pretty accurate. I think one of them is like, I'd rather be under her than underneath this tractor. Oh, yep. I I wrote it down. I'd rather be under her than this bloody truck. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I was like, ooh. Just a bunch of larrikins. All All these Aussie larrikins making jokes. But yeah, no, because it's an old mining town, mm. which which goes into that whole geology thing that never shows up ever again. I love as well how it's a mining town called Midas, yeah. as in Midas's gold. Yeah, which yeah. isn't that like a story about how mining gold is bad or something? No, well, it's not about mining gold. It's about how a guy touches everything and it turns to gold, and then he can't touch his loved ones or eat or exist. Yeah, probably don't name your town after that story. That's kind of anti-wealth. Yeah, but if I if if I heard about a town that was called Midas Town, I don't have Midas's touch, you see. So if Midas is going around touching everything, I'm just going to take some of whatever he touches, you know? Oh, you, you touched your daughter, now she's a solid gold statue? You don't mind if I take a hand or something, you know? She's not using it anymore, she's got, dead. There, I got dark there for a second. Maybe, maybe I'll take some of those grapes you really wanted to eat, you know? It's probably Ooh. worth a thousand bucks now. Midas might be doomed to to die alone, but I won't be. I'm mm. going to be rich. It's true. And I feel like that's the Australian way. That is the Australian way, just stealing other people's culture and wealth. Oh, I didn't say culture. Once <laughs> and a- I don't mean to get political. <laughs> oh, no. Once again, we've divulged into someone making a political joke and the other co-host going, oh, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> oh, dear. And then back to the movie's plot. There in this town, she drops the old man off and then the sky goes all weird. The sky goes weird. Lightning is striking. A man is in the police station and he's trying to pee, but the pee f- freezes all the way up him. <laughs> and that's a scene in this movie. <laughs> So stupid. Oh, yeah, I wanted to mention that character that they pick up. They, like, come into town and then it's like, oh, you're not allowed in this town. you got to get out of here. And that's it for that character. They pick up this character, make a big deal about them, and then we never see them again. I think it's maybe to get the police against Annie. Yes. Because then they're like, you were seen in the company of this old man that we don't like. You're also banned from this town. It's very stupid. I don't like that at all. I, th- I thought he could have he could have had something to do with that old cursed mine because they bring that up the like spooky mine which is clearly the mine where the time traveling city has been before yes which is the whole thing that I think the original script probably would have gone into a lot more yes with the whole geology aspect yeah but anyway the sky goes crazy there's lightning it's kind of a precursor of uh, of the city's arrival. And yeah, it looks pretty solid. I love how the the cop just runs out into the street, waving his gun around, yelling, "You bloody mongrels! What's going on out here?" <clears throat> did you notice? Did you notice that his pants were wet? Yeah, because of the frozen pee. Piss. <laughs> yeah, because he was pissing, and then his piss was started to freeze, so he just ran out. 
honestly, he still should have still had a, had his zip open, you know, junk out, you know. I feel like that would have been more accurate, but can't show that on film. So um, Australian. Well, I, it is Australian. We don't care. Yeah, but also I don't want to see it. Uh. Um, so, and then it all comes down. I think the storm that precursor stuff is when um carrie fisher and uh yep. whatever ballard time travel as well they they pop into existence here that's when they land here in australia with their fancy sci-fi armbands sci-fi ar- yeah they've got sci-fi armbands now that we can finally see them in daylight we get a closer mm. look at their outfits and stuff and yeah they've got the armbands They've also got these metal breastplates that have nipples on them. Yep. Which was very distracting. It's gone it's gone full Batman and Robin. Yeah. We got we got not bat nipples, sci fi nipples. Sci fi nipples. For uh for all of them. They all have it. And uh great. In the future, nipples are things, you know? It's the latest fashion. Big old nipples. What do the sci-fi bracelet armbands things even do? They like no, they they never explained. It's just like they have something to do with the time travel. Yeah, like you need them. You you need them to time travel. We know that they put Carrie Fisher to sleep at some point. There's like a button sequence. They like can inject you with stuff. So they're MacGuffin objects. That's for sure. Exactly. Do whatever the plot needs them to do. Yeah. Ballard and Leia, they're now... Uh, Leia. Mm. What's her character's name? Petra. We'll just call her Carrie Fisher. They're both in uh, Australia now. They land in a lake in front of a bunch of Indigenous Australians playing the didgeridoo. I like the sort of scene and how uh, they knew they were coming sort of thing. Yes, because we also see cave paintings of the last time the city was here. I, di- I did like that a lot. I'm a big fan of the whole stupid white people have no idea where the indigenous guys are like, oh yeah, there's space guys, they're coming in. Yeah, yeah. We were told, we were told, you know, 4,000 years ago, and we remember. They agree to help the time travellers with something. I think it's like Ballard's like, now that we're here in the past, the Gen Seeky or whatever they're called, they're going to try and come back here as well. They're going to spawn three orbs in a triangle formation out here in the bush. We've got to push one off a cliff to stop them from coming through. And I learned all of this because I tore out the heart of one of these cyborgs and I plugged it into my computer. And he says the quote, he says the quote, These aren't plumbers that you can pay to fix your bathroom at night, lady. These are killers. Wow. I, I, I guess they have plumbers in the future. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you still got to have plumbing. Look, you still got to take a crap in the future, Sandra. It's true. Still got to figure that out. I'm, I'm excited for future toilets, though. Mm. Uh, the Western world's been pretty lax, but bidets? Yeah. Just the first step, I'm feeling. The heated ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want my... Well... I'm not sure about heated ones, because that's going to feel like someone else has been using the toilet. Oh, you're right, you're right. No, I want mine to be ice cold. (sighs) No, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. No, it's the opposite of what you didn't like, and therefore it is what you said. No, no, look, I'm I'm not going to knock it till I try it. I just have... I don't think you should knock the toilet. I think that goes against the use of the toilet. You don't knock it. Uh, I mean, it's similar stuff, you know? Mm. It's all the same thing. 
Anyway, I'm excited for future toilet technology. Like, maybe we're going to get get more astronaut-like toilets. Yeah. We're all going to go to space, right, at some point, yeah? Of course. In our lifetime, we're definitely all going to go to space. Well, maybe not all of us, but, you know... Only more... the more popular podcasters, yes. Yeah! <laughs> so not us, then. <laughs> um, so... Just Joe Rogan! Oh, no. What do you think they're going to adapt into the future toilets? What would you like to see in future toilet technology? A fridge. Oh, yes. Slap a fridge Ooh. in there. You can have a bevy. A little mini fridge, you know? Oh, yeah. So, uh, part of the machine that cools your food. So, you have your fridge, right? I don't know about food. That's pretty unsanitary. No, you don't put a lot of food. You put, like, snacks, like, in packet things. Oh, like, like singular wrapped pretzel. No, that's not what I... You don't refrigerate that. That's true, actually. <laughs> yeah, why would you need to refrigerate that? No, you put... You get, like, a... What are those isopol things? Um, a Zupa Trooper. Yeah. Yeah, Zupa Duper. You put a Zupa Duper in there. Yeah. Crack one open on a hot day. And, mm. and, and the fridge... You know the thing that cools that down? The offshoot of that could be the thing that heats your seat. Yeah. yeah. The cooling device, because it would get warm, right? It would get warm while it's cooling. Yeah, yeah. You could use that, siphon that heat, bam, warm the seat. Weird tangent, but I agree. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. I also want my toilet to be Bluetooth. Mm. I don't know what for. I just want the option for it to be Bluetooth. (laughs) Oh, Yes! I want it to be like the Samsung fridge. I want to be able to play oh. Skyrim on my toilet. Yeah, Skyrim on your toilet. What could go wrong? The, well, honestly, I think we need a culture where we have TVs in the toilet. I think just having, just like scrolling through your phone is enough, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, you already spend more time in there than you need to because we can scroll yeah. on your phone. Why, why not make the toilet a more open... I want the Roman days where you had those giant open toilets with loads of people just chilling out in the toilet area. But now we have the technology, put it on the big screen. You know, watch a, watch a movie, watch this movie. So that would probably mean then that uh, the, uh-huh. they also have uh, some sauna type stuff in there as well. So like, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, can, yeah, yeah, absolutely. To toilet, That's a good idea. Also, you know, you can also have a, a bit of a sauna time. I don't know if I, I don't want to be chilling in a sauna when um, certain other things are mixing with the steam, you know. It's got to be pretty steamy in there. It will, it will be a little bit, but uh, we'll figure it out. Ventilation. Because the whole point of a sauna, right, is that there isn't ventilation, right? Yeah, but we'll have anti-ventilation or like very what? specific no. ventilation to get rid of very specific sort of Where are you putting stuff? the ventilation? Are you putting it in the toilet? Because yes. then the toilet's going to be sucking air. <laughs> your, your toilet's going to suck. You sit on the ventilation. <laughs> That's a terrible idea for so many It's sucking your farts up. It's sucking the uh, yeah, air. Yeah. You're being sucked into the toilet. You are indeed. Also, I want my toilet to shave. I feel I am very nervous with having my toilet try and shave me. <laughs> I think I it'll be fine. Is it, wait, is it shaving up here or down there? All of you. Oh no, no, I'm even more nervous about everything. And finally, the toilet should also turn into an Iron Man suit. That's the most obvious Okay, part. Yeah, yeah, now we're on board. Yeah. Now we're back to, now I'm back to being on board. <laughs> Hell yeah. Iron Toilet. <laughs> I don't feel so good, Mr. Iron Toilet. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> 
I think this bit's <sighs> run its course now. I think uh, that's probably enough toilet time. Anyway, mm. the time spheres show up as predicted, and the uh, and the evil cyborgs are, are working their way through to regional Australia. So the lads. They team up and they push one of the spheres off a cliff and it blows up and that stops the cyborgs from being able to uh, t- to come into our world. Yeah, but at the cost of whatever that sphere thing was. Also, one of the robots shoots Carrie Fisher and immediately I was like, oh, that's her done. But no, she uh, she sticks around. I mean, she sticks around, but she doesn't do anything, does she? No. She only, she only sticks around to the very end, so... Um... She can, she can uh, sacrifice herself in the dumbest scene. Uh, she dies. Yeah. She gets stabbed. She gets she gets sacrificed. Yeah. But it's very dramatic because it's Carrie Fisher. So meanwhile, the geologist Annie, she's seen the cave paintings and she knows something about some sort of mysterious time traveling city. I don't know how she picks that up just from a cave painting, but somehow she does. Yep. So she meets Ballard sneaking through the jungle and she sees one of the cyborgs yep. doing the like whoosh, like the Darth Vader breathing as it walks through yeah. uh, the bush. And then they just leave that cyborg to keep walking and never deal with it. Well, I mean, if it's lost in the Australian bush, it's practically fucked. Probably eaten by a dingo, bud. The dingo ate my cyborg. <laughs> dingo ate my bionicle cyborg. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That is a reference to a very funny moment in Australian history. (laughs) By funny, I mean horrifying when we first heard about it. Funny when we look back on it. (laughs) Dingo ate ate a baby. And they find a body. Was it the old man at the start of the movie? Yeah. So they find this body and they're like, oh damn, he's been murdered by that one evil bionicle that we left in the wilderness. So so they bring this dead body into town, and then that bad guy, he goes, Oh my god, you killed someone, I've got to arrest you, I've got to point a gun, I'm going to shoot you! And then Ballard's like, I'm, I'm not going to let you shoot me. Yeah. That's in fact a bad thing, I'm just going to use my kung fu powers. Yeah, he uses his kung fu powers to disable him, but then... Mr. Confederate Flagman, the police captain, yeah. he pulls a gun on them and he's like, now don't you do any more of that kung fu shit, all right? You're not, you're not going to use any of... Yeah, but he's much more cooler than the other cop. He's like, you're not going to yeah. use any of that kung fu shit on me, are you? And the guy was like, eh, it never crossed my mind. And he's like, all right, we're cool then. Ballard tries to tell the cop what's happened and the cop's like, you've been reading too much sci-fi. And Ballard's like, too much what? Whoa, wait. Because the joke is that he lives in a sci-fi future and therefore doesn't know what sci-fi is. It's a clever joke. (laughs) Very clever joke. Yeah, that one was a groaner, that's for sure. But, like, surely they would still have sci-fi. It would just be more advanced sci-fi, surely. You're right. Actually, not entirely true, because in Star Trek... There isn't sci-fi, there's historical fiction. Uh Uh-huh. They don't really look to the future in Star Trek. Well, okay, alright, I'll I'll, I'll throw this out. Sci-fi probably wouldn't be their focus at that point if you're flying around in ships, definitely. Exactly. I mean, maybe Ballard just doesn't know what sci-fi is. I mean, he's a bit of an idiot. Yeah, he's kind of a meathead. He probably just doesn't read books. True. So, uh, the cop, he's like, well, I don't have anything to get you on, you're free to go. 
even though they literally brought in a dead body. Yeah, yeah, but also, like, they didn't murder him. No. And it's a fair call if you find a body to bring it in. I disagree. You should chuck it in the river. (laughs) (laughs) Chuck it in the old billabong. Yeah, it's the Australian way. So, they're free of the police station. While they were being interrogated, though, Mr. Gun-Toten, I'm like to pee, but my pee gets frozen, police officer, he grabs one of the pieces of the time sphere out of the back of uh, the tractor that Ballard and Annie are driving around in. This doesn't go anywhere. This storyline is completely pointless. But what happens, he gets this time sphere... And uh, he sees visions in it, visions of cyborgs and orbs. And he's like, whoa, I'm going to reach into this time sphere. And then he's pulled in and dies. Well, it's like his comeuppance for being a, a, a fully drunk guy. That's what he gets. Yeah, such a bogan cop, mate. And, and Well, it does have a key thing because then one of the cops is missing and so the bad guy cop is like... Goes looking for him. Yeah, and finds blood, which leads him to believe that the heroes have killed a cop. Yes. So it actually does affect the plot because it, then it sends the, the other cop after them. And they will get arrested by that cop in the future. But first, they need to get a tractor. In the future? So they go to the junkyard. Oh, you mean the future in the movie? Like, later on in the movie? Yeah, not yeah, the future not, future. That's not a different the future, thing, the, the, the future of the... Well, bugger me with a bionicle. What are you talking about, <laughs> Bugger me with a bionicle. They go to a junkyard to get a earth mover, a tractor, yep. if you will. But they don't have any money. Mm. So they beat up the owner of the junkyard. Yep. I mean, Annie offers to pay for it, but only on credit card. And then the guy's like, ha, I'm not going to take credit card. And then they beat the shit out of him till he gets the, <laughs> till they get the Earth Mover. <laughs> oh, dear me. They use the Earth Mover to clear away the rubble so that the uh, the travelling time city can, can land mm. properly. There's some scenes with Carrie Fisher here. She's back for a little bit. She gives Annie the sci-fi bracelet and she tells Annie the sad backstory of ballad and how he was a feral child with no parents who was saved by the asian guy who cares then annie and ballard go skinny dipping for no reason <laughs> yeah well it's not no reason it's, it's um it's the hot outback yeah yeah it's the love interests getting together and it's two actors who are better suited for drama doing their thing yeah that that that, that love story was uh useless and boring. Yeah, but it was in the film because of because all films need that. Yeah, I would like to see an action movie. I mean, I'm sure there's one out there where there's like this whole love story and it just falls apart and like <laughs> like she dies or whatever. I mean, maybe not dies, but like mm. she just goes at the end. Oh, no, you know what? I don't like you at all. <laughs> that would be this pretty be very good. traumatic. Yeah, this would be the worst experience of my life. That would be good. Oh, so this is the point where they realise, oh, all our guns have lost power. Why? All our sci-fi guns are out of charge. Tato? Do you have a do you have a reason? I'd like to know the reason. Because they used them. Did they? They shot a couple cyborgs in the moment where they're trying to push the sphere off the cliff, I guess. That is true. So a couple of shots used up all the charge. Wow. Pretty bad guns. So it's so dumb. So then Annie's like, oh, I know where to get guns. Let's go to this abandoned truck on the side of the highway. There's a stash of guns in there. What? Excuse? There is what? 
In the what? There's an abandoned truck on the side of the highway with a stash of guns in it. Why? What? Why does she know this? She's a geologist. She's not from the area, is she? No, she's not. She's visiting. She's literally new to the town. That's the whole point. So how does she know this? Why is there a truck full of guns? Why is the cop there? Yeah, the the cop is there because he's investigating the death of his colleague and he thinks that they did it. So he goes to the abandoned truck on the side of the highway where there's guns. Where everyone apparently knows that there's guns. And he arrests them. Yep. And then he takes them back to the police station and he locks them in some cells and they take off her armband that Carrie Fisher gave her and they play around with it. And then the armband summons a bunch of cyborgs and they attack the police station and I was just going, oh, they just directly ripped off the Terminator police station action scene. Yeah. Yeah. Look, this this plot, you could clearly tell that the American writers were heavily influenced by current things that yeah, were popular. They wanted to cash in, cash in. That's, that's all they were thinking about. It's, it's really bad. Um, But, uh, yeah, we get that scene where she... Gets a camera flashlight. Yes. And blinds a cyborg, which is smart, but also brings up the fact that you can do that. And why haven't they done that? If you can just, you know, mm. turn on a bright light bulb. Yeah. And and these boys are done, you know. Doesn't Ballard run into the armory and he grabs like an Uzi or something? First of yes. all, we don't have that sort of weaponry in Australia, really. No. I mean, maybe, maybe the, the Confederate... Um, the rural confederate cop would probably have yeah you know what i think he's an american i think he's just an american like (laughs) he's just putting on an australian accent (laughs) yeah 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 well he's lived in australia for a bit but he was born he's an american war criminal yeah who's escaped to australia yeah i don't even know if the timeline adds up but you know no it almost doesn't at all but He's literally, he's got a confederate flag. He's just got tons of guns. I'm just saying, it all adds up. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's crazy. Anyway, he unloads an entire clip from this Uzi into the belly of one of the cyborgs and that somehow kills it. Yeah, yeah. At first it doesn't do anything and I was like, I was going to see, I thought they were going to do a, hell, hey, guns aren't effective on them, which would have been cool. No, I would have liked that. And he had to be more, a bit more creative about how he defeats them. No. No, he just needed to unload a bit more ammo into it. And yeah, then yeah. Ties. So uh, the cops managed to escape the police station just before all the cyborgs attacked because they got a phone call from the guy at the junkyard. Mm. Uh, he called up the police and were like, something weird's going on in my junkyard. Ah, I've been murdered! Because he then gets murdered as he's on the phone. So the yeah. police captain goes to the junkyard and he opens up the door to the area where where the guy would have made the phone call, and it's just covered in blood. The whole cabin and door and walls are just covered in this guy's blood, which is very unrealistic. Uh, well, you know, you know what they do in the future, right? When they kill someone, they like to pick him up and use him like a big paintbrush. Oh, of course, it, it, it's an honor thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they honor them by just throwing their body around, spraying blood everywhere. Yeah, that's right, that's right. The 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 main cop bad guy, he comes back. Yes, yeah, so he comes back to the police station just as they kill all the robots, he comes back. Is this the moment when Ballard is like, you dirty cops didn't help us? He's Australian, yeah. he's not American. You dirty yeah. cops, you didn't help us, mate. 
And that's why your whole town is gone. Say goodbye to your town. Yep. I'm going to blow it up. And then Ballard blows up the town. Yep. What? I mean, honestly, I, I, I hate to side with Ballard here, but, you know. I mean, he's in the right. This whole town deserves to just go to the dingoes, mate. Just go to the vultures. Whoa, okay. All right. That's not what I was going to say, but all right. If you want to blow up the town, Sandra. If you want to kill innocent civilians, Sandro. I don't mean to be political, but there's a total of three people living in this town, and they're all dead already. <laughs> the only uh, one left is this is this war criminal from the Confederate Army. Honestly, I don't know why he came in not shooting. Like, gung-ho guy, I would just be like, you know what? We need to eliminate all threats. If this town's going to give us trouble, blow it up. I'm just saying, I'm surprised he didn't do it earlier. That's all. Yeah. Anyway, the town's destroyed uh, and the city is now landing. So they go back to the landing site where Carrie Fisher is there. And she's like, the city's landing, the city's landing. You got here just in time. And so the city lands and somehow all the cyborgs are there now. Where where do they come from? How are they traveling to this moment in time? Mm. I don't know. It's not really explained. The cyborgs are there. R.A.P. Carrie Fisher, am I right? Yeah, the cyborgs are going to kill Annie, but she's like, not Annie! And so she jumps into their arms. I just died in your arms tonight. It must have been something you mole man said. And then she dies and she cries. She dies with a tear. Yep. Anyway, I wouldn't I wouldn't dwell on it because uh, we've we've got to get back to the sci-fi place because that's just appeared. Oh. Quick, everybody. Oh, it's good to see you back, Ballard. Quick, get in here. We, we've got a combat to do. We've got to end this movie. Got to do, there's literally six minutes left of the movie's runtime. We need to get this over and done with, please. Yes, we need to figure out how to kill this bad guy in a satisfying manner. Yeah. Well, we don't have time for that. I guess we could just kill him. So this is a terrible action scene. The army rolls out to escort Ballard and Annie back into the city. By the way, she's now a part of the army. I guess she knows how to use it because she knew the abandoned truck had guns in it. So I guess she's familiar with how to use guns. But why is she in this sci-fi army? I mean, look, you need all hands on deck. I, uh, they literally say that there's no more reserves, you know. They're using everyone. So if someone says, oh, I can hold the gun and shoot, point and shoot, I'm going to give, if I'm an, if, look, if I'm a soldier and we're fighting for the existence of humanity, true. I'm going to be like, here, have my gun. I have a spare. Just point and shoot at them, you know. I don't, I don't give a crap, you know? True, true, true. Good point, good point. Yeah. They see on the battlefield the almost dead body of Ballard's adopted dad. And he's like, son, I know how to defeat these evil cyborgs once and for all. You need to harness the power of the beam accelerator that we use to travel through time. You must use it as a gun. And so Ballard turns to the army with this knowledge... And he says the line, I'll be back. And he runs into the city to get the beam accelerator. I, I, I feel like I've heard that line before somewhere. Really? I don't know. It's definitely a good line. I feel yeah, like it's it a good line. Really good coming out of the mouth of like an actor with an iconic accent. Mm, yes. Who's in a lot of action movies. You know, because there's a good action movie. 
Because you can say that you can say that to like the bad guy or whatever. Mm. Maybe near the start of the movie, mm-hmm. something uh, as a sort of setup thing. And then that he shows up later, line. and he is back, and you're like, payoff. Yeah, to yeah, the yeah. Line. You're like, boom, payoff. But he could also say that in lots of different movies. Yeah, like maybe a movie where he's running. No, that sounds stupid. What? What about an Australia? A running bloke. <laughs> running bloke. I'll be back. Yeah. I'll be back, you fuckwad. Catch you on the flipper dip. So he runs into the core of the city to harness the power or whatever. It's this giant, like, glowing gun. It looks pretty cool. You can see where some of that 8 million went. And while he's in the heart of the city, the main evil cyborg leader just rocks up and is like, Time, Guardian. It's time to fight. And so Ballard throws the gun away. What are you doing? Yeah, this is... It's Well, the gun's supposed to be able to blow up, like, their whole race, right? It's like an ultra-powerful gun. Probably best not to use that one indoors. I hate to side with Ballard. Oh, I guess. But... It might not be best to use the the gun that can shoot, like, nukes. But this is such a dumb scene because they're like... Oh, it is stupid. The bad guy's like, Ballard, come out where I can see you. I must defeat the Time Guardian. And he's just, like, sneaking around in shadows. It's very dumb. And then he runs in front of the bad guy. And the bad guy's like, haha, I've got you now. And he's going to shoot Ballard. And then Annie just shows up out of nowhere and shoots the cyborg. Like, what was the plan here? Yeah, I hate to criticise the bad guy, but why did he come alone to 1v1 Ballard in in the main capital of your enemy? And why did they not do some sort of fist fight? That would have been so cool. If that's the reason why he came to fight him one-on-one, mano-a-mano, you want to do a sort of Power Rangers kung fu battle, right? Yeah, because we've established that Ballard's got those kung fu powers, right? It's a line in the movie. So you could have had that kung fu battle. Also, if I'm the main leader of the mole people, and via my defeat, the entire army is defeated, (laughs) I don't want to go one-on-one with the Time Guardian. I'm just going to send my goons to go get him. (laughs) I'm just saying, there's a lot to criticise here. So dumb. It's a very dumb ending. It's almost like they just wanted to finish the movie. Yes, like I do right now. <laughs> so so the main bad guy's dead. Ballad goes out and is like, Hey, yo, we killed your boss. You lost the war. And all the cyborgs just turn to stare at him. Yeah, they're like, what? What is this guy talking about? Yeah. We don't need that guy to win the war. We'll just kill you. And then he shoots them with the mega gun that blows them all up. Yeah, he says the quote, If it's the power of the city you want, well then I'm going to give it to you all at once with this massive gun. And Does he, he say that? More. He doesn't say the last part. He says the start okay. of it, though. I was like, yeah, yeah, I was like, wasn't that a cool moment? I thought that was genuinely pretty cool. I was no, like, he yells like this at them. <laughs> He's like, you want the power? You can have it. <laughs> it's a very weird... Um, yeah, no, I thought that was uh, that was a, that was a way cooler ending than the stupid boss fight. It actually was pretty cool. If you if you cut out that boss fight, just have the boss like him facing the boss. Then yeah, that would have been way better. But whatever. So yay, all the cyborgs have been vaporized by the power of time travel guns, mm. and so the city is left. To travel once more. We see that Annie has joined the city. They're in love. They're going to have a kid, probably. 
that's going to be in the sequel. It's going to be the Time Guardian Junior. Wait, and that's the movie. Are you talking? Are you saying there's a sequel to this movie? No, I'm not. I'm just saying that oh, if there was God. one, oh, there would be the baby, and the baby would get lost in time, and that's what the Time Guardian's fighting for. He's like, those damn cyborgs stole my baby. He's American in the, in the sequel. Oh. Those damn cyborgs, they stole my baby. Cyborg ate my baby. Yeah, no, I got it. I finally got it. I was like, it took me quite a while to figure out that where you were going. Joke. And then you said Cyborg took my baby, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Cyborg uh. took my baby. And then the movie ends with a slow rock song about, we don't have much time. I do want to talk about the music, though, because I did notice mm. uh, during action sequences, there was a very particular song that they used over and over again, and the song went like this, dum, 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 over and over again. And now, here's the thing, Zach. Recently, I've been re-watching a lot of James Bond movies. Mm. And do you know how the James Bond theme goes? It goes something like, um, dum, 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 Yeah, yeah, dum, yeah, yeah, it's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ripped off the James Bond theme. Mm. It's not even trying to not rip off the James Bond theme. It's just the James Bond theme that's in the soundtrack of this movie for a lot of it. Yeah. It's uh, not something I noticed, but definitely something now that you point out, I'm like, oh yeah, that mm. was pretty similar. Definitely bad if you had just recently watched some James Bond films. Yeah. I f- and I feel like you, as a James Bond fan, would have definitely noticed it. I did, I did. I, I didn't notice it, thank goodness, because that definitely would have taken me out. But I feel bad for you, because you probably were quite taken out of the film there. The music in general was... Fine. Yeah, it was fine. It was very, like, whatever. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad, at least for me, because I didn't notice the James Bond thing. Yeah, that was uh, quite an interesting bit of, I don't want to say plagiarism, but uh, very similar notes to a popular movie theme. Anyway, that is The Time Guardian. Is it an oldie or a goodie? What do you think? Well, it's an oldie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's pretty obvious. Look, it's an oldie. It's. It doesn't really have anything going for it. Like, is there anything that you... Besides it being Australian, actually. That is... Yeah. Like, I'm glad that this exists. I'm glad that yeah. in Australia's past, we made a weird sci-fi with Carrie Fisher in it. Yeah, yeah. But still, it doesn't... Other than that, it really has nothing else going for it, so... I do think that more people should see it, though. I, I want some critic reviews on this movie, I feel. Yeah. More critic reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would give it an oldie as well. It's, there's not, like, it's fine. It's just kind of an oldie. It's not bad enough to be funny, but it definitely, I think, deserves a small cult following, maybe. I don't know. It's a, it's something. It's an interesting piece of Australiana history. Mm. Did you find any reviews for this? I did. I did have a couple of reviews. All right. Well, then let's, let's move on. So now it's time for raving reviews. You see, uh, Dingo stole most of these reviews. There weren't many reviews there. Uh, But I managed to save a few. Uh, Normally, I don't go for long reviews, but there was not many. There was like 10. Yeah, there weren't many. To go through. So I have have one long review, so I'm going to read them now. Mm -hmm. It's by Ray. Ray says... 
terrible, strange Aussie sci-fi with weird bad guys with terrible skin and throat cancer? Lots of funny, hard-to-take-serious Aussie accents. Uh, still wasn't near as bad as John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars. <laughs> Nothing's as bad as John Carpenter's Ghosts <laughs> yeah. of Mars. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, he just said... You just said that, you know. <laughs> Is that what this person compares all bad movies to? Well, it's not a John well, Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars. Well, it's like a sci-fi movie, right? Ah, so true. Maybe it's just like a sci-fi comparison, you know, all sci-fi. I'm going to go for a one. One out of five because it's not as bad as John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars. You are correct because it is not as bad as John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars. At least <laughs> at least he's he's good enough to put it as a one. Yeah. If it weren't for John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars, he definitely would have rated it a 0.5, oh. I feel. Uh, Ruben says, The worst Australian film ever. Avoid at all costs. It's horrible. It's not the worst Australian movie ever. I, I'm sorry to break that to you. There's so mm. much worse than this. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad Australian films. Ah, uh, probably. If it's the worst, this has to be 0. 0.5, right? Surely. It is 0. 0.5. Okay. It is 0. 0.5. That's right. This is like 13%. So most of these are probably super rotten. Yeah. There was a few positive reviews, uh, like, you know, two and a half. But they went they went on for paragraphs, so I didn't put them in. Um, they were like, you know, Carrie Fisher's in this film, and she has a role, but she was sort of sidelined, and the, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Gotcha. Michael, with that final review, says, cheap ripoff of The Terminator. I mean, it's true, but it wasn't cheap. It was $8 million. Yeah, no, that's the problem. <laughs> it would have been better if it was cheaper. Yeah. Ah, uh, let's say, let's say two out of five. Oh, you were close. You almost had it a hundred percent. It was one point five. Ah, close, very close. You were oh, well. this close to having a a hundred percent on rotten reviews. There we go. Well, there we go. That's Time Guardian. We're at the end of the episode, which means uh, <gasps> we're going to reveal what we're doing next year right after these messages. Oldie what a goodie is brought to you by <laughs> Patreon. Has your baby been stolen by, by a dingo? dingo? Do you need something to distract you from the woes of your existence? <laughs> well, head on over to Patreon, where you can pay up to $5 a month to hear two extra episodes minimum, along with some bonus content like our reviews of uh, the Evil Dead series. Ooh. We've also got more bonus episodes coming up. Sandra, what more bonus episodes can they look forward to? Well, coming up in December, we're talking The Lost Boys. Ooh. That's in two weeks, maybe? I'm not sure. Yes. Our special Halloween episode. <laughs> and then to wrap up the year, uh, just a couple days before New Year's, Police Academy 6. Oh boy. It's going to be on Patreon. <laughs> we haven't recorded that one yet, and I'm. Uh... <laughs> yep, that's all my emotions I feel right now. If that sounds good to you, check out Patreon, Patreon. at Oldie But a Goodie. It's a good time. Good time. You can also uh, check us out on all your podcasted things. Share it with a friend. Leave a five-star review. Leave a zero-star review. Just review us, please. Mm -hmm. It gives us more interaction on the algorithms. Oh, yeah, and we're on YouTube. Leave a comment if you want. That also helps. Yeah, look, if you hated all of this, tell us. Please tell us what you thought. Be like, hey... 
Stop talking about Bionicles. I don't give a shit. I don't care. Talk about the movie. What is this? That's a review. That's constructive criticism right there. A little bit more criticism than constructive, but still, it's constructive still good. criticism. And you can email us, oldiebuddygoodypod at gmail.com. Check out Facebook. All the stuff. Sandro, I, it's time to reveal stuff. Yes, Zach, it is time to reveal what we're doing next year. Thanks to all those people who skipped to the very end to hear this. Um, <laughs> so, Sandro, I'll give you a drum roll. I'm revealing it? I feel, like, I feel like you're more excited. Do you want me to reveal it? Yeah, you're more excited for what we're doing next year. <laughs> I am very excited. But if you want me to reveal it, then you have to do the drum roll. I will do a drum roll. <laughs> it's 2001! 2001! 2001 Space Odyssey? No, it's the actual year 2001. Yep, we're leaving the 80s behind. We're saying not again, 90s. 2001 yeah. is what we're doing next year. And I'm terrified. Yes. So, obviously, 2001, not exactly an old. It's like 21 years, which means that every movie can officially drink in America. There's a lot of great stuff I'm looking forward to. Um, spoilers, The Mummy. The Mummy Returns? Yeah, The yeah. Returns, yeah. Featuring everyone's favourite Scorpion King. I'm excited to revisit stuff like Donnie Darko, mm. uh, which everyone loved when it came out and hates now. I haven't seen it, so I'm excited. Uh, Spy Kids. Spy Kids. Spy Kids is there, yeah. A good one. There's a lot of, yeah, like, stuff that we grew up watching. Mm. A lot of, uh higher rated stuff that we kind of have always wanted to yeah. watch but we never this have this is definitely not so much an oldie sort of year it's more like a nostalgia year where me and sandro go back and look at nostalgia stuff yes and it's 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 less so so other years it's more we're looking at all the stuff that might be nostalgic for the older generation yeah not for us necessarily now we're going to look at stuff that's nostalgic for us and decide whether any of it was good none of it will be <laughs> none of it will be well are we going to watch Shrek. That's the real question. I think we might. We might. There's some, like, really popular stuff that we're not going to do in favour of, and I'm not saying, like, you know, it's all up to who picks it on the week, but mm. we are going to not do Lord of the Rings. We're going to do that on Patreon. Yeah. So we can do the whole trilogy in one go. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Maybe we'll do the Hobbit trilogy as well and be in hell for a month. No, we can put that on the normal episodes if we're going to do terrible stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we are going to be doing a lot of weird stuff next year and I'm I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be this is this is our wacky season. This is our this is our weird stuff. We're just going to do the most bizarre. There's going to be so much CGI. It's going to be John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars. <laughs> oh, yes. That's on the list now. It's going to be Jason X. We keep talking about Jason X and we've never reviewed we've never reviewed it. Oh yeah. I'm going to CG gouge my eyes out, I think, by the end of that year. <laughs> it's going to be a rough year for uh, for CGI. This is true. And, like, comedies as well. It's, like, the oh. start of, like, the Adam Sandler era of comedies. Oh, yes, Adam Sandler. Yes. My favourite one to make jokes about. It's oh, going to be a lot of fun. I wait to watch some Adam Sandler movies. We probably will be doing a lot more uh, kid movies next year compared to, like, 80s B movies that are kind of more higher rated. Yeah, I think back in the day, they just made things way more mature in general. Yeah. And they would, like, had faith that children could just enjoy more mature stuff. 
there were certainly kids' films like The NeverEnding Story and stuff like that, you know, which was very specifically kids, but the money went towards the adults, which makes sense because they're the ones paying for it. But in 2001, they really went for the nag factor, which yeah. is when you uh, you put ads on TV so that the kids won't stop talking about how they want to go see these yes. bad movies. They went for the McDonald's route, which is like, get the kids and then you'll get the adults, you know? So we're doing all of that next year, but that doesn't mean that we aren't stopping this year because we've still got three more episodes to go. Three more episodes? Wait, doesn't that mean, Sandro, you need to pick... Next week's movie. I do Whoa. indeed need to pick next week's movie. Your choices for next week are bad taste. I do have bad taste. Yeah, you do. Peter Jackson's first movie. Speaking of Lord of the Rings, Ooh, all right. Yeah, a low budget New Zealand, obviously. Mm-hmm. Sci-fi that's very gory. Very gory. We have Cold Steel. Uh, a policeman avenges his dad's murder. Uh, I'm uh, so okay. glad to leave police dramas in the 80s next year. Oh, wait. Oh. They never stopped. Oh, no. Throw Mama from the Train. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name what of a movie. What a title. Oh, that is the title of a movie. Throw Mama from the Train. What a! It's a dark comedy with Danny DeVito. Yes. <laughs> A student says he'll murder a teacher's ex-wife if the teacher will kill his mother. Oh, Danny DeVito is great in dark comedy, so that'll be great. That'll be really funny. I think that's every... Oh, there's another movie, uh, Wall Street. Wall Street? I guess it's a a marketing movie about some marketing stuff. Um, I'm sure sure it has nothing to do with uh, stockbrokers during the Great Depression and is an award-winning film or something it looks looks like garbage never 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 heard of that movie before isn't isn't that with michael douglas and it's like really good yeah it's a really good film so we're going to ignore it uh throw mama from the train or bad taste uh, oh that's a that's a tricky one that's a tricky one that's tricky they, i i wouldn't fault you on either of these because obviously i'm a big fan of peter jackson and his early work not so much his latest work but we won't talk about it i mean that's not even his fault though Throw Mama from the Train does sound really good, but I I think it's I think it's got to be bad taste. I just oh you go with bad taste. I think okay, I want to see something a little bit like we haven't done a New Zealand film before, have we? Surprisingly enough. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. We haven't. I mean, there wasn't many around back then. I don't think. Not really. Peter Jackson was that that big push towards the New Zealand landscapes. You know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure that Bad Taste is going to have so many great sweeping shots of the. <laughs> ba 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 ba. There's a head exploding over there. Boom, boom, boom. Blood everywhere. (laughs) We'll do bad taste next week and wrap it up right now with the best quote from the Time Guardian. My favourite quote is, Oh, these aren't plumbers you can pay to fix your bathroom at night, lady. These are killers. I could just kill you, Matoro. Take the mask and do the job myself. Uh, <laughs> but it's so much more amusing this way. Uh, 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 Quote from Turax to Matro in the Bionicle movie. I, we <laughs> surely Bionicles on Patreon next year. Yeah! At least the first one. We've got to. Absolutely. Oh, and, oh, I had another one. I didn't realise I wrote down another (laughs) quote, which is, Listen, you dickless amateur. I'll be back. I'll be back, mate. I'll be back, mate. With my bloody dingo. Gonna steal your baby. The dingo stole my Carrie Fisher. (laughs) 
<laughs> Dingo stole my bionicle. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.